Good morning. As I record this, it is June 18th at 5.30 in the morning, give or take. A uh, couple minutes, friends. It's all good. So, today is a Father's Day special. And it's interesting that I now have two. So, one of the most downloaded episodes of Intentional Disruption was my first Father's Day. And I had my son sitting on my lap. He was making some noises, which was pretty cool. This time I'm recording it before they wake up because just the time is not there to uh, do something like that. And when you're you know, tied up one, one with one parent, one kid, you find time uh, where you can. So good morning to those listening in the morning. Um, if you're not, that's fine too. Uh, this is going to count as a bonus episode, and I wanted to talk a little bit about parenting now that it's in uh, 2022, but it really doesn't matter what year it is because I can look back and see where parenting was going wrong, and it didn't start this year. See, I, I love my kids. I love my wife. I love my kids. And... I do things a little bit different than many of the parents I know. To some people that might be like, oh, he's doing something different. It's like, yeah, I am. Um, most kids nowadays aren't coming out capable of handling the real world. And what do you mean by that, Mike? So I'm 40. And I grew up what would be called the latchkey generation. And it's when kids got treated pretty free range. Um, you know, one of the things that my parenting group, because I had uh, two moms and two dads figuring it all out for me, plus some grandparents that thank God they were there too. But they would let me do things and gave me the ability to request. So I didn't, really ever have a um, curfew. Sounds really weird to a lot of people to say that, but there was a time, like 10, 11, midnight, whatever, but I had the option to phone in, explain my situation, and then request additional time. And I did. Trust me, I did. But it led to more decisiveness on my part and being able to make those decisions. A lot of what I'm about to talk about has my emotion attached to it, but it's not my words per se. Um, well, I guess to a degree, but it comes from reading that I've done. One of them being the coddling of the American mind, uh, Greg Lukanoff and Jonathan Haidt. They are two university professors. Um, so if any of what I talk about, you're like, Mike, you sound like one of those rabid right wingers. Trust me, my source material, not so much. Which is another issue of tribalism that we have in America, where if somebody isn't of or from one side or the other, put their 
opinions and research on the back burner because they don't know what they're talking about. How could they? I mean, it's not 1,600 anymore, people. Um, at the end of the day, more Americans. If you're not in America, well, you should be an American. It's pretty cool. Um, probably love your country just the same way that I do. I just think ours is pretty dope. So in the coddling of the American mind, and there's other things like, for example, the Choice Factory. It's on my list, Richard Schotten. Uh If you haven't read that, you absolutely should. Why, why do I bring up the coddling of the American mind? Well, it turns out participation trophies don't work. If you don't have the win and lose options and everything is a shade of gray, kids don't learn the lessons that they need to learn. You know, I know I sound like get off my old lawn guy, but when we had dodgeball, you either learn how to catch a ball or your face caught a ball. And that's fine too. But we didn't want somebody to feel bad because they got hit by the ball. How's that person going to feel when their company goes out of business and they have to pack their stuff and leave? They don't have the ability to deal with that issue. They don't know how to deal with adversity because we protected them. When I was a office manager for Cutco Cutlery, 15 years ago we had the same issues with helicopter parents what's a helicopter parent it's a parent where their kid goes to a job interview they fill out the resume and they come into the interview what 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 so this is something i've seen for quite some time i didn't know how to explain it thankfully university professors are better public speechers than i am so that's great but where did those helicopter parents come from? Well, they're the children of the people that were flower children in the 60s and 70s. The people that fought for the changes in society that are called the Great Society or the New Society. And it's their kids raised the way that they wanted to do it. And it did not work. And that that's fine. I mean, they tried, but it's amazing how hard it is, especially when we're talking about society. How do we fix it? Well, we have to admit when we're wrong. I'm the first one to do it. If you're not willing to admit that something you did did not work because it'd be politically inexpedient, you should be removed from power. If you're not able to admit your faults and instead straw man the other person you're not the person for the task uh i forget who said it but i've more recently heard uh, dan holloway say this uh and he's quoting somebody else so figure out who he's quoting but those who want power really deserve it those who deserve power really want it and we've got a pretty robust group of people that just want to keep getting elected not the people that I'd want to have as leaders because they're now beholden to other things than taking care of the people, which isn't a good parenting role. I mentioned that because there's people just like that on your school board. And those are the people that are putting together the programs that your children are 
going through when they go to school. Those programs do not work. The coddling, the no red pen to say that you're wrong. Those things don't work. You know, one of the phrases in the book is you need to prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. Going back to the helicopter parents that I dealt with so much. How did those kids turn out when mommy not only brought you to the interview, but sat in the room with you while you were waiting. How is that person ever going to lift off and have the ability to deal with adversity? They're not. You know, see one of the people on the chat there, uh, my home slice, Bill Cortez. And we went through a different childhood than that. I promise you that. But it also meant that when we were overseas, wearing body armor and doing fun things like that. We had a little bit more ability to handle adversity than most people. And that's going to be a very important thing. Because your kids right now in school, they're just, I mean, they're basically learning to be factory workers. And if you've been to college in the last 10 some odd years, 25% of what you've learned in school has nothing to do with anything that you're going to use. So you need to prepare your kids for that because they're not being taught things that happen. The enlightenment teachings, they're not getting passed on. Why does that matter? Because then it means you have to do it. You have to be able to teach your kids how to assess right and wrong. And it's not based on feelings. There's a saying that, I used to be very fond of is facts don't care about your feelings. Now I've softened up more. I'm empathetic to how people feel about things like you you have to be, but if you truly care about the person, you have to then bring them through to the other side. Who's more compassionate at the end of the day. Another example I hear often, the person that is supportive of you while you put your fork in the electrical socket or the person that slaps it out of your hand and tells you that it's not how you do it. You know, yes, the one that's supporting you while you're doing that is more emotionally supportive, but they're going to get you killed. So those are some of the thoughts behind what we need to do as a society. And there's, significantly more to this but why do i mention that so i have like i said my two kids that are two and under now i do things differently than most of the parents that i know what do you mean by that i make my son think i'll make my daughter think i'm not going to be paving the road for them For example, yesterday when we were doing our quiet time on the deck um, as part of our mindfulness practice, my son and I, uh, we do it before he goes to bed. And he fell down because he wasn't paying attention. He's two. That'll happen. And he bumped his head on a chair. Now, I'm empathetic to that. I don't want my son to hurt. 
but I also want him to be strong. And I've trained him where he gets his hug and we connect with each other. But even he now says, oh, buddy, you're all right. He's doing his self-talk externally because two-year-old, but he's starting to understand that, hey, that scared me. Like, I'm not concussed. Like, I'm not bleeding out. I just bumped my head. Well, stuff happens. And I'm teaching him that, hey, you know, it's okay. You know, you got hurt, got scared. Totally fine. You're okay. You're going to be fine. Instead of catastrophizing everything and be like, oh, my buddy, buddy, are you okay? Oh, that looks so terrible. He bumped his head. He'll be fine. But he's picking up that. And that's something that I've been very big on is making sure when other role model influencer type people do something opposite of that, I correct them immediately. And you should be doing it too. If they're actually injured, get the medical attention. But if it's just a bump on the head, it's not, you know, they didn't get their leg chopped off. And we need to discern the difference between those two things. Because if every bump on the head was as bad as getting your leg chopped off, imagine the stress involved with any bump you ever get. You're going to live in a padded room. But that's what being a parent is about. And if this episode has a slightly different tone, it's because this is Father's Day and I'm talking to the men in the room. You have to do these things. Now, I know there's some men that are not with the mother of their child. And unless you're in prison, which I don't know if they give you smartphones in prison, so I'm not sure if you'd be listening to this live or anytime soon. But you need to figure out how to make it work. You made that child. You need to make it work. Not necessarily like getting back with the mother. I I get that. My mom and my dad are never, ever going to be back together. They're very different people. And that's fine. But what they did with me is they worked together, even though they weren't best friends. And you need to do that, too. You need to be there for especially your little boys. (laughs) Excuse me, but we hear so often that we have a toxic masculinity problem. Again, going back to the coddling of the American mind book, just because I don't want you to think this is just Mike spouting off stuff. But how can we possibly have a toxic masculinity problem? Who's doing it? Ever since the societal changes of the 60s and 70s there's been less and less men in the house the courts automatically pretty much always give custody to the mother and then fill in where the father's going to come in so where are they getting it they're not getting it from men they're getting it from a lack of men And as I say that, some of you will say, oh, well, I'm present. Yeah? Are you? You got this guy going on when you're uh, sitting down for the audio listeners, your phone? Are you reading to your child? Are you spending time with your child? 
Are you teaching them the lessons, the good ones? Because, you know, even I will do it. But sometimes parents give bad advice and garbage lessons. But, you know, you're cognitive enough to share the lessons that were good and pass those along. Are you doing it? Or are you sedating and just having your kids present while you do it? One of the best things I do every day is in the morning, spend time with my son on the back deck. I have my coffee. He has his milk. Maybe he has a banana, whatever have you. And we just sit and listen to nature and just talk. One of the adjustments that I've made is also doing that in the back end of the day. So twice a day, I spend targeted time with my son to talk about how his day was and how he felt about things. So I do care about you know, his perception of reality, which is all that would be. But we're just going through and having that conversation, and I'm walking him through it. I grew up in split custody, so I understand as a man, if you can't sit down and do that with your child, can you have a phone call with them, not a text? Can you get a five-minute phone call to be present in that child's life? It's important. It's the most important job you have. Whatever you do for work, I don't care if you're the CEO of Microsoft. Dad is more important because your kids are counting on it. Pardon me for... I'm not sponsored by Black Rifle, but their coffee is very tasty. So again, I come back to why we need to do this. You know, one of the most downloaded episodes I have was my first Father's Day thoughts. Coming up really quick to be number two is that episode, The Kids Aren't All Right. And when I... Shared the kids on all right. It's also not the kid's fault. Sounds weird to say. But if you were never given the ability to think at a high level, you're not going to do it. If you didn't have your mother and your father in your life in the right way, your role models are probably pretty jacked up. If your grandparents have to raise you because your parents are whatever, not Again, not the best thing. And how many households do we have where it's either a single mom, a grandma that is raising a child? It doesn't work. And I know there's some women that listen to this. And on that post that I made on LinkedIn, I even said, women, if you can't get the man back in the life, you need to find a male role model for that child. You just have to. Because all the things that you'll see in the media about, you know, different types of violence that are happening for boys and young men, where where was there a man in their life? And then tell me again about toxic masculinity. Where's the man? I haven't seen it. And then... Pretty much all of these cases, it's a failure to have a male role model or a masculine, I'll even say, 
since it's June, a masculine role model. Somebody to allow them to imprint and see how a man acts because a man doesn't take out his violence on a school of kids. I'll use Adam Lanza as an example because I buried one of my childhood friends after that scumbag's situation. But I've moved to the point where I don't really think it's Adam Lanza's fault. It's his mother's fault. It's his father's fault. It's also, in those cases, the local school's fault because they saw that coming. Um, Most of these people are also known to uh, local authorities and the FBI, so maybe it's probably a little bit of their fault too. Not sure what they're doing, but they're not doing it. But these kids that are coming out that seem broken, they haven't been given the tools that they need because they haven't had a man teach them. I'm not a fan of beatings. That's not really a great instructional model. But there needs to be consequence to improper actions. And nowadays we don't have that. I mean, just think about even some of the zero tolerance policy stuff. Sounds like it makes sense. But does it? So let's say Timmy sees a bully beating on another kid or picking on another kid. He steps up and shoves the bully to get him off of the other kid. Fight breaks out. Timmy gets suspended. Bully doesn't. How does it make sense? You know, as a parent, one of the things that I'll be teaching my son is something that I learned. Don't start it, but you better finish it. And if you're not willing to teach your kids to stand up for others, it's, they're just going to be one of the people that cowers, and that never works. Interesting episode today. I didn't want to have all like the prepared news anchor speech today because there's just so many emotions about being a good parent. And that's one of the things that I feel that I'm a lead at. And the reason that I feel that way is because I put the work into it. And I hope for you and your family, you start to do the same if you haven't been. But more importantly, I want you to start to take your kids and start to hold them accountable. Start to teach them how to handle adversity. One of the things, again, going back to the book that they talk about, and Jordan Peterson talks about this too, is you need to let your kids do dangerous play. They need to be able to scrape their knee, bump their arm, climb a tree. They need to learn what that scale of risk reward looks like. You know, when my son does something like that and he falls down, we immediately get him back up and do it again. Because the people that fall out of the tree, if they go back up in the tree, they're fine. The people that never do it again, those are the people that have those fears. And they live in that fear mindset 
for the rest of their lives. Our kids are going to grow up in a pretty jacked up world. I don't know if you're aware of it, but our economic system is not going in a way where there's going to be a ton of traditional opportunity. They're going to need to have perseverance. And that starts with you. And I'm Mike Demo. I appreciate your time today. Again, for the fathers, happy Father's Day. Um, it's a small celebration of the most important job in America right now. So thank you very much and have a great day.